This is the Shape America podcast, hosted by Colin Brooks and Matt Pomeroy, making 50 million strong by 2029. Welcome to the Shape America podcast. I'm your host and only singular host today. Um, Colin and Stephanie could not be with us, but uh, found a great time to work and, and get connected with a, a, an amazing panel of guests for this evening's discussion. Um, again, it's the middle of September as of right now. When this is coming out, it'll be the middle of October, but we really wish that, you know, and hope that everyone's having a great start to their school year and that things are going well and that... Um, Everything's happening and and going as planned, um, but we you know we really appreciate that everyone's been tuning in and listening and just giving us feedback on the Shape America podcast and you know we do we really appreciate it and uh, all your time and insights into you know the things that we are doing. So thanks again for tuning in and learning along with us. Um, and again, we've got uh, a pretty exciting episode tonight. Um, it's something that really needs to be made aware of. Uh, and we've got a great expert panel of guests here to discuss it. Um, and this is again for our Health Literacy Month. And we've got a, a panel from uh, the Parent Heart Watch. It's the national voice for protecting youth from sudden cardiac arrest. Um, so we are just raising some awareness for the sudden cardiac arrest. And again, uh, trying to talk about it in general and trying to make some connections with uh, physical education and health education in schools. So, without further ado, again, uh, I'm excited to just introduce our panel or have them introduce themselves, and uh, they'll give a little bit of story about what brought them to Parent Health Watch. So, send it over to you, Martha. Thanks, Matt. Um, so, I'm Martha Lopez Anderson. I'm the Executive Director for Parent Heart Watch, and I came to Parent Heart Watch after the um, sudden death of my seemingly healthy 10-year-old son. Um, Sean was uh, rollerblading in our neighborhood when he collapsed and, and died. And um, when he collapsed, um, many people um, thought that he was having um, a seizure. And unfortunately, that delayed uh, calling 911 and administering CPR. And so by the time um, paramedics arrived and uh, had uh, an automated external defibrillator, uh, unfortunately, it was too late for Sean. And, um, and so that's how I came to Parent Heart Watch. Um, I had a lot of questions. I thought of myself as an informed and resourceful parent. And I was completely blindsided by sudden cardiac arrest. And um, started asking a lot of questions and, and looking for a lot of answers. And so um, I was very grateful uh, because I was able to find a lot of guidance and um, from uh, both parents and uh, medical experts in, in the field of sudden cardiac arrest uh, and death in youth. And uh, that's what brought me here. And so I've been involved ever since and, um, and focus on, on helping other parents hopefully not have to endure um, what I and so many others across the country have. 
and my name um, is Susan Canning, and my son Sean, uh, Kevin passed away in 2011 to hypotropic cardiomyopathy. And it wasn't until six months after his death that an autopsy revealed um, the diagnosis. And at that point, as a parent, I had to find some answers. Um, Kevin was an athletic uh, young man. As I mentioned, he was 19. He was playing junior hockey in Massachusetts. Um, he had been playing hockey since he was three. And it just didn't make sense that somebody at his age and his athletic ability and being in shape um, would, would die suddenly. And that's where I started my search for trying to find some answers. And Parent Heart Watch was the only um, place that I could go and has been a great home to help find answers um, to how do we prevent this from happening. So that was the beginning of my relationship back in 2012. Uh, when I found Parent Hot Watch. And I'm Kim Harmon. I'm a professor at the University of Washington. I'm the team physician there, and I first became um, aware of sudden cardiac arrest in seemingly healthy athletes when one of my athletes had a sudden cardiac arrest and was fortunately resuscitated. Um, I became involved with Parent Heart Watch through some of the research that I've been doing um, related to sudden cardiac arrest and, and have been uh, going to their meetings and interested with them and partnering with them since about 2008. All right. Well, again, thank you for sharing your stories. Clearly, it's not an easy thing for you, know, you to go through, no matter what the story is and no matter what the situation is. But really glad that you can come with us today and you can share your story and, of course, continue to advocate for others um, that are out there. And, of course, I'm thinking about you know, my 10-year-old that's at home right now who's a very athletic, uh, you know, young boy and, you know, my seven-and-a-half-year-old daughter who um, should be going to bed by now. But, uh, again, um, same thing. So it uh, really gets me thinking. I'm glad I can be a part of this discussion and bring it to everyone out there who's listening. And, again, thank you for taking your time for being here with us today. Um, so let's just talk. Uh, again, this is Health Literacy Month. Um, just talk a little bit. Um, background with, with health literacy um, and how sudden cardiac arrest awareness can, um, can help with that, can tie it all together. So um, Matt, one thing I would like to add is that um, oftentimes um, people don't take their family history very seriously. And um, that's incredibly important. Um, any history of heart disease um, and uh, any sudden or unexpected death under the age of 50. And this is something that really um, parents have to do uh, prior to going to their doctor. They cannot expect their physician to collect their family history in a few minutes appointment, right? So the more information that we gather and we provide to our medical professionals, uh, the better guidance and, and uh, care they can provide. So that is one way um, that we can be proactive. And um, and another way I can also share with you, and I, and I know that Kim can elaborate, is oftentimes um, pre-participation physical um, examination questionnaires are completed in a hurry. Um, students uh, sometimes will answer those um, and not really take time, or uh, mom, mom or dad assume that they know the answers to these things um, for their children, when in reality they should sit down carefully and, um, and take the time 
to answer each question and not make, you know, assumptions. So um, that is another way that we can be proactive and not, you know, just rush through it, but take the time to complete it carefully. Martha, those are great points. Um, uh, back to uh, uh, Matt's question about health literacy. Um, health literacy is really just the ability to access, understand, appraise, you know, and understand health information services so that you can really take advantage of um, um, or maintain your health and, and help uh, the health of your family and others. And so health literacy is really just um, about understanding what's going on with you and the resources around you. And so I think that um, um, this whole awareness of sudden cardiac arrest really fits into this bigger framework of health um, literacy because sudden cardiac arrest and sudden cardiac death is one of the most common reasons that or the most common reason that active uh, young people die and so important that that uh, we really understand this better. All right, very good points. And again, thank you for sharing. Um, let's kind of jump right into it and let's just talk about uh, sudden cardiac arrest in youth. Um, some information that we have um, and that we need to know as people are listening in. Kim, would you like to um, talk more about um, sudden cardiac arrest in youth? Sure. So sudden cardiac arrest in youth, we sort of think it's a rare thing and it's sometimes been advertised as a rare thing. And in fact, traditional numbers would say it happens about one in 200,000, one in 300,000. It's about as common as, as, as really rare things, but that's just wrong. Part of the reason that we think that is that we haven't had very good numbers and newer research shows that this is actually a lot more common that we think than we think. And so when we look at college athletes, for instance, the overall rate of sudden cardiac death, and this is not just death, not people who actually have arrest and still live, is about one in 50,000. But we also know that there's some very high risk groups. So um, males are at a much higher risk, uh, higher risk than females. Um, African-Americans are at a much higher risk than other races. And for some reason, basketball players of any race seem to be at a very, very high risk. And so um, some of our Division One basketball players, their risk of sudden cardiac death is about 1 in 3,000. And so their likelihood of dying from sudden cardiac risk is actually higher than their likelihood of dying in a car accident, which typically is what we think is, is the um, uh, thing that we need to worry about. And so Sudden cardiac arrest does happen. It happens more often than we think. And um, we need to figure out better ways to prevent it because it's catastrophic when it happens. Yeah, those are really astounding num numbers. And I mean, it definitely got my eyes open uh, quite a few times kind of hearing that uh, because I wouldn't, again, it's, it's definitely something as a health educator uh, I haven't really thought about or talked about very much too. So, um, so it's, it's, important for us to hear and understand that as well. So uh, let's talk about the goal of Parent Health Watch then just with all of this. So Matt, it may be helpful um, to explain um, what sudden cardiac arrest is. Um, you know, it's when uh, the heart stops beating suddenly and um, the person is uh, collapsed and unresponsive and that requires immediate attention, immediate treatment um, administering CPR and uh, utilizing an automated external defibrillator or AED to restart the heart's rhythm. And so um, I think it's important um, for the listeners to understand what sudden cardiac arrest is. And oftentimes it's uh, 
is confused um, with a heart attack or people use those uh, terms interchangeably and they're not the same. And so the best way that we can, or the easiest way we can explain it is think of sudden cardiac arrest as electrical and a heart attack as a plumbing issue. And so typically, and, and Kim can elaborate, um, youth don't have uh, heart attacks. That's a plumbing issue. <laughs> and so, um, and, and Kim, please jump in. Yeah, you know, so most people think of heart attacks as sort of the, the uh, middle-aged uh, man who grips his chest, and that's because there's a blockage in the arteries. When kids die of sudden cardiac, have sudden cardiac death, it's typically because they were born with a structural problem that went undetected um, or an electrical problem that went undetected. And so these are things that kids are born with. About one in 300 kids actually has something that can potentially cause sudden cardiac arrest. Obviously, that not, not that many kids die of sudden cardiac arrest, but exercise can be a trigger. And so that's why we often see this happening in gym or after um, events or practices or things like that. And, and so, um, you know, they say that the primary goal of sports physicals or pre-participation physicals is to find things that can kill our athletes. Um, but, but really the likelihood of finding them with a standard history and physical is not very high. And, and that's why we advocate doing a better, more advanced screen that's more likely to find these problems. Um, because this isn't something, uh, again, that, that you want to miss. Can you give us a few more details on the screening that could be out there? Sure. So um, most, most screening that you do is just the history and physical. And there's a, a his, a, the sports physical, and you go to your pediatrician or your family doctor, and um, maybe they ask you a couple of questions about if you've had chest pain or fainted with exercise. And um, if you say yes, maybe they follow up with it. But really, history and physical or just listening to your heart with a stethoscope is unlikely to find these structural or electrical changes that can cause sudden cardiac arrest. Doing a simple ECG or an electrocardiogram, it's sometimes called an EKG, um, can demonstrate about two-thirds of the things that cause sudden cardiac arrest. And so we can tell a lot by the, about the size of the heart, about the shape of the heart, and about the electrical activity of the heart just by looking at this very simple tracing, it costs about $25. And, um, and, and I don't know how many parents wouldn't, you know, be willing to pay $25 to make sure that their kids were okay out there on the athletic field. Uh, the, the key is having, um, access to these and having physicians that can read them correctly, because if you don't read them correctly, you can think there's problems when there's not and get all sorts of extra tests that you don't need. And so there's, there's two keys. One is people actually need this test if we really want to screen for a sudden cardiac arrest. And secondly is having it done by a provider who can read it correctly. All right. Thank you. Um, and then like, uh, you know, as educators, coaches, parents, I mean, are we looking for warning signs? Are there warning signs? Sure, there are some warning signs. 80% of sudden cardiac arrests that occur actually occur without warning. So most people actually don't have warning signs. The warning signs, the things that we really worry about is if somebody faints while they're exercising. And um, so not sort of at the end of exercise, 
um, after they've been running a lot and all the blood pools in their leg. But if they drop while they're exercising, then that's very concerning. Chest pain can be uh, concerning, particularly that that's 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 bad. Um, if people faint and have seizure-like activity, that can be potentially ominous. Um, that's unexplained and should be worked up. And everybody who's fainted, even if they think that's because they didn't eat lunch or breakfast or because they were dehydrated, should deserves an ECG, one of these heart tests, to make sure that they don't or, or, or improve the odds that they don't have something going on with them. Well, let's keep rolling. Like, are there other are there risks factors as well? And I know we talked about looking into family history and um, and things like that, and making sure we're really taking care of um, going through the checklist. You know, as you as you go to your doctor. Uh, but are there risk factors that you can see? So the primary risk factor would be a, a family history of sudden death before the age of 50 or unexplained death um, before the age of 50. And so if somebody drowned or died in a car accident, um, sort of that shouldn't have, so so they're alone and it was a one car accident, you need to wonder if, gosh, did this person have a sudden cardiac arrest and that's why they wrecked their car? Or did they have a sudden cardiac arrest in the water and that's why they drowned when they were a strong swimmer? And so family history of, of premature death is really sort of your best bet to find these ahead of time. Um, symptoms um, um, are your next best bet, but like I said, they don't happen all the time. Is there a way that they can find out those things like after that accident? Like when you talk about the, uh, the drowning or a car accident, uh, can they find out or do things point to sudden cardiac arrest like after, uh, after the fact or does it just kind of go unknown? A lot of these things go unknown particularly when someone dies of an electrical problem in their heart. Once they are dead, the electricity is no longer in the heart, and so the heart looks structurally normal, and there's no explanation for this death. And so it's called an autopsy-negative, sudden unexplained death. Um, um, so these electrical problems, um, which we're not sure what percent of these these represent, but maybe a third, maybe a half, um, um, there's no way to actually attribute it to that after someone is dead. If somebody's in a car accident and it's under suspicious circumstances, they may get an autopsy, in which case they could find structural problems, like if somebody had hypertrophic cardiomyopathy, which is when the heart muscle grows asymmetrically and has scar tissue in it. Um, they can find those sort of things if they get an autopsy, but sometimes people don't even think, uh, think, think to do that. Um, they're just like, wow, it, it was it was tragic and it was weird, but they don't go to that extra step of uh, getting the autopsy, which is um, expensive and um, and done inconsistently. All right, I appreciate you just kind of clearing that up and um, getting that other information out there. Uh, I know we did talk about some of those warning signs. Um, you know, why are these warning signs seem sometimes ignored um, or what's happening um, to maybe make that happen? I, I, I can tell you, Matt, that oftentimes people ignore these or downplay them because these kids look healthy. Right. And so people think if they look okay, then they must be okay. And, um, and so that is where everyone plays a role from parents to um, 
you know, health educators and everyone plays a role and, and can really be mindful of what these uh, warning signs and symptoms are. And if they notice something, then, you know, obviously reporting it to a parent so that they can seek additional um, medical attention. Yeah, Martha, I think that's a really good point. I mean, you know, if your kid has chest pain or shortness of breath or they can't exercise as hard as the next kid um, uh, um, in PE and it seems unusual, if they're having palpitations or funny heartbeats, that should be evaluated further um, by by a physician and um, and get some ex- these, these simple extra, extra tests that are inexpensive that can really um, make you feel better that these symptoms are are just, you know, um, these odd things that happen to everybody and not something that's more serious or ominous. All right. And then let's, let's just kind of take a look at uh, the other heart conditions that might put kids at rest. So sometimes we can't see it look very fit, look very athletic. Um, but are there other heart conditions then that, uh, can have those risks? Well, not necessarily heart conditions, but um, sudden cardiac arrest can also occur as a result of a blunt impact to the chest, also known as commotia cordis. So that has nothing to do with an underlying heart condition. It's just the impact at a specific time of when the heart is basically recharging. And um, so that can happen. And sometimes it occurs as a result of... um, you know, too much, too many energy drinks or, um, you know, illegal drugs. Uh, and, and so it can be an issue um, more than just a, an underlying heart condition. Um, but I can tell you that when it comes to the many families that I've come to know through Parent Heart Watch, it is because, um, unfortunately, a, a heart condition went undetected until after the death of the child. And, and so when we think of different heart conditions that can cause sudden cardiac uh, death, um, these things that people are born with, um, the, the thing that has traditionally been thought to be the most common is hypertrophic cardiomyopathy, which is, is um, um, when the, the heart, you have a gene, it's inherited, and the heart grows asymmetrically, it has scar tissue on it, and it, and it can lead to arrest. So that's one thing that can cause sudden cardiac death. Um, sometimes the arteries that feed the heart aren't in the right place, and so when you, so when you exercise, they get pinched off, or they can't get the um, blood to the heart like they're supposed to, and so um, that can cause sudden cardiac arrest. Rest and then sometimes there's different electrical problems that can cause the the heart to go haywire. That can cause sudden cardiac arrest. There's viruses that can affect the heart, and so that's something that you can acquire um, and you get ill, and it can cause scar tissue in the heart that can even affect you later. And so um, there's a number of different things that can cause sudden cardiac um, death or arrest in in kids that. Um, Many of them we can screen for with um, advanced testing. Um, and, and so those are the things that we're trying to prevent. Um, you know, the commotio cordis that um, Martha talked about, it's hard to prevent because it's just this sort of odd thing where people get hit in the chest with a blunt object at the exact wrong time and it throws off the electrical system in the heart. Um, and so we're working with changing sort of different equipment and things like that. It's important in that case to recognize what's going on so that it, the sudden cardiac arrest can be treated so that there can be defibrillation and the kid can be saved. 
Um, and, and then it's important um, to educate our youth that, you know, energy drinks and um, drugs aren't always benign and they can cause problems and serious problems. Um, I thank um, Dr. Harmon for bringing up the energy drinks. Um, as a parent and somebody that's working within the school systems in my area, it amazes me how often you see a child walking to the sideline for practice or for a game and uh, they complain of fatigue, but yet they have a Red Bull, you know, in their hand to get them, you know, revved up for the game. And that's after maybe a day of having a couple of cups of coffee um, and that's just a lot of caffeine flowing through that child's um, system. So I think it's so important that the school systems, the coaches, the parents really do a lot of education with these additional drinks that have an absorbent amount of caffeine, you know, in them. And what really, what it could lead to. And, and we certainly, we don't actually know um, how often this is, is the culprit because in these cases of sudden cardiac arrest where we don't find anything structurally wrong with the heart, we don't know whether it was an electrical problem that the, that the person was born with or something, an acquired problem that was caused by an energy drink or, 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 or an illicit drug or something like that. And we can test for some illicit drugs and we do, we test for caffeine when when we're doing these autopsies and trying to determine the cause. Um, but it's not always clear. And certainly in people with underlying heart diseases, um, um, this could also bring out problems. Well, again, as a health and physical, physical educator, you know, I'm just taking it all in and, and just trying to think like, how can I begin to make, you know, students and parents, you know, just aware and how can I educate them more, you know, really about sudden cardiac arrest and, and all the factors that can kind of go into it. So, again, I'm kind of taking notes and thinking about, well, where could I, you know, talk about this just a little bit more and how can I add this as just um, another piece of that puzzle too. Um, so it's clearly got me thinking and, uh, but I guess just throwing it back to you, um, you know, what can physical education teachers and um, health educators do to prevent sudden cardiac arrest in youth? And what can we do to continue to raise awareness um, with both our, you know, our students and our parents? Well, Matt, we have a um, vast array of educational resources that are available um, for parents, for um, educators, and it, they range from printed materials to um, to uh, videos. We have an excellent um, uh, number of videos that explain what sudden cardiac arrest is, uh, talks about also the cardiac chain of survival, warning signs and symptoms. Um, those are very good um, resources available to you and they can be accessed through our website uh, at parentheartwatch.org. And um, we also have an initiative called Take the Prevention Promise. Um, there's something for anyone and everyone to do when it comes to the prevention of sudden cardiac arrest in youth. Um, and so that goes from knowing the warning signs and symptoms to um, getting to know one's per, uh, family history better to um, really being prepared, um, you know, when sudden cardiac arrest occurs. And, and that's, I think, uh, with sudden cardiac arrest being the leading cause of death on school campuses, um, I think that's it is critical uh, for schools and, and schools' communities to be prepared. And that means, you know, obviously knowing CPR, 
um, having um, accessible uh, automated external defibrillators on school campuses, and more importantly, having a cardiac emergency response plan so that the cardiac chain of survival can be promptly and, and properly executed. And so, um, and these are all tools that we make available, again, through our website at no cost. Um, it, it can be accessed at everyone's, you know, um, leisure and, and convenience. So I encourage um, parents and educators to go to parentheartwatch.org, and everything has been very easily uh, organized on our website for everyone to access. And Matt, my vote for you as a health educator would be teach your kids CPR. Um, because, and, and, and also let them know when somebody goes down, that's really the first thing that you think about is, is, is this sudden cardiac arrest and call for help. And, um, even if people have that seizure activity, most people that have sudden cardiac arrest have movements of their arms and their legs, and it can be mistaken. And so teach your kids CPR, um, teach them where the AED is. If you don't have an AED, that's a good thing to put on, on, on the PTA's list of things that would be helpful to have. Oftentimes it's not used for the kids, but it can be used for spectators and parents and teachers. But um, if you need one and it's not there, it's, it's bad. So teach your kids CPR and get AEDs in the school. And, and Matt, if I could add that as, as Parent Heart Watch continues to develop our relationship with Shape America, um, I encourage everyone to stay tuned, especially those schools that are not currently equipped with an AED, to stay tuned for a program called Get Charged Up, uh, where their school can earn a free AED. All right, fantastic. Um, any thoughts on hoops for heart and jump rope for heart programs and things like that? I don't know how in connect uh, how connected you are with those, uh, but do you have any thoughts about bringing those into your program as well? Well, I think that um, jump rope for heart and and hoops for heart um, is more about uh, lifestyle and and being active. And um, we clearly want to encourage kids to be very physically active, uh, but we want to make sure that they're um, they're safe, right, when they're doing so. And so that's uh, so that's where Parent Heart Watch comes in. We want to make sure that while these activities are happening, that their schools are prepared um, with AEDs and with people trained in CPR and AEDUs and those cardiac emergency okay. response plans. It, and it's terrific just to advocate, you know, healthy lifestyles and heart health. And and that's sort of talking about at the, the primary level of prevention in terms of, of keeping people healthy. Um, and, and then we also need to make sure that this overall awareness of health can extend to getting a better screen and then knowing what to do if something happens. Perfect. So do you want to talk me through, because I know it is pretty important, do you want to talk me through the ch cardiac chain of survival? And I know we've kind of talked about each one, but uh, we can maybe get just a little bit more in detail about um, each one, again, just to uh, create as much awareness as we possibly can and, and give as much information out there as we possibly can as well. Well, recognizing um, sudden cardiac arrest, we really want people to know that if someone is collapsed and unresponsive, um, they're going to assume that the person is in cardiac arrest until proven otherwise. And so they can't waste any time. Um, and that's when someone calls 911 and, and hopefully someone else can start administering CPR. And that's pushing hard and fast on the center of the chest. And a lot of people use um, the song of uh, staying alive 
to keep the beat. And um, I think a lot of people can relate to that. Um, and so these things, the hands are a powerful tool um, that we can use to save a life. And obviously um, retrieving an AED, um, and we want all schools to be equipped with um, accessible AEDs, um, that's gonna really make a difference as well. And so um, if you do those, you know, call 911, start CPR, and by pushing hard and fast on the center of the chest, using an AED to restart the heart. And obviously, want you want somebody to go outside of the school to wait for EMS so that they can guide uh, EMS to where the victim is within your school. Yeah, and, and the chain of survival is so absolutely uh, critical. Um, the, the, the biggest determinant in terms of whether somebody survives or dies is how quickly they can get defibrillated. And so your chance of surviving goes down 10% every minute that you don't get defibrillated. And so the first thing, again, just to reiterate, is you have to recognize that sudden cardiac arrest. You have to call 911 and get help on the way. You need to go to the AED that you've got at your school or your or, or your church or your, the venue and get the AED and put it on the chest. It's not going to shock somebody if they're not in cardiac arrest. So you don't have to worry about that. And then you need to do CPR to pump some blood around to the body while you're waiting for stuff to happen. And then the last step is just uh, when the paramedics get there and, and they can start the advanced care. It all starts with recognizing sudden cardiac arrest, getting help on the way, and getting an AED on the chest. All right, thank you. Um, I know you've, you've mentioned a few different places to get resources. Um, are there other thoughts, other places that, that people can find resources um, just to learn more about the sudden cardiac arrest as well? Well, when it comes to sudden cardiac arrest and youth, I mean, uh, Parent Heart Watch is the only uh, national organization focused on, okay. on youth. Um, we're not disease specific, but again, all the resources are there. And then... Um, Many of the members of Parent Heart Watch have um, established foundations um, in memory or honor of the child, and those organizations are doing phenomenal work across the country um, on both primary and secondary prevention. So providing heart screenings um, in their communities, so those are available, and, and anyone can go to our website and look where those are available in their community. Um, and then uh, many of them also uh, place uh, AEDs in schools and other places where youth congregate and, uh, and facilitate CPR and AED training. So, um, and obviously education and awareness, which are paramount in the work that we do. All right. Um, I think what I'd like to just do then is kind of a final home run. What are your final thoughts? Uh, what's the what's the biggest take home message that you need um, every listener out there to just kind of know and understand? Um, is so again, we just really hit the message home. Um, I'll, I'll just say, Matt. I think it's really important for the schools, the teachers, the coaches, to really raise the awareness to talk about this disease state, to answer the kids' questions, to be alert. Um, if a child is complaining of um, excessive, you know, um, shortness of breath and, you know, not kind of dismiss it or if they have a, a twinge in the, you know, in the chest, they're having, a, you know, a, a chest pain, not to dismiss that either. But also to make the AED and CPR just common language, something that they, they hear about day in and day out the practicing as part of the chain of survival to have the kids um, practice 
hands only during the school year each year. Have the parents um, watch videos that will educate them on signs and symptoms, you know, before each athletic season. I think the more we talk about it, the more it becomes common knowledge, the more kids we're going to be able to save and recognize it early on. Very good points. Yeah, and I would, I would say a couple of things. Uh, remember that this does actually happen. It's not as rare as we think it is. That you need to get your kids screened. Um, and that a history and physical is not a very good screen. And so an advanced screen is, is something that I would advocate for all kids. And I have four boys and they've all had their hearts screened. And, and, um, and um, I, I just think that they, we need to do better at screening our youth. And then the final thing is uh, to remember that when an athlete goes down or when a young person goes down, it might be sudden cardiac arrest. Treat it like it's sudden cardiac arrest. Get the AED, and um, and hopefully uh, you are just overreacting. But if not, you're good. And Matt, I will just add that um, I will tell to those that think that it may um, not be common. I will tell them that you know losing my child was um, a life changing experience, but learning that his death could have been potentially prevented through early detection or the availability of an AED or people recognizing that what seemed like a seizure was actually sudden cardiac arrest. Um, that, you know, and that learning that it, it was preventable, again, that, that's something hard to live with. And, and so it shouldn't happen. We can prevent it, but we have to work together. Um, in doing so. And that takes everybody, parents, educators, medical professionals, the students themselves. Um, we all have to work together. And when we have the resources available, um, but that's critical. Well, I'm so glad that, you know, you three could come on and, and have this discussion and be a part of this. And we really appreciate you being out there you know, raising awareness for others and um, advocating for those. And, um, I think it's big because it was this was a very eye-opening conversation for me. It really was. Um, and I did not know enough about it as well. So um, it's definitely good that we can share this with our listeners. And, and, and we, again, we hope that they really take it to heart and, and take some of the steps um, that our panelists talked about today because obviously it is very important. And um, as you said, is something that's preventable. It's something that we need to do uh, to take care of it. So Martha, Susan, um, and Kim, thank you again very much for being here with us and taking time out of your evening uh, to be a part of that. this. And again, thank you for sharing your voice and, and thank you for educating us on this extremely important topic. Thank you, thank Matt, you. for the work thank that you. you do. Thank you very much. All right. And that's a wrap for today. Um, really appreciate all those guests being on the show and sharing all that information on sudden cardiac arrest and again, raising awareness for everyone out there. So um, coming up on the podcast here in November, I've got a cool new series called the Action Pack Podcast. And we're going to continue to learn about what's in your action pack for the coming school year. Um, so we'll be interviewing an educator a month and talking about their goals and things that they're trying to implement and um, things like that. So kind of cool, different way. Um, we can kind of learn about what other educators are doing and uh, what are some other things that uh, we can keep uh, working on over the school year too. So 
Um, looking forward to getting that going. I've got a reflection podcast coming up with Colin, Stephanie, and myself. Um, again, just reflecting on the things that are going on in our teaching and our personal lives and our professional lives at school and away from school. So um, then we've also got a administrator or supervisor chat. Um, so we're going to be talking to HP administrators or supervisors and uh, just discussing all the great things that they can do for PE um, within that whole school. Um, and, you know, you don't have to be an administrator or supervisor to listen into that one. Um, you know, they're going to give you guys some good ideas too of what you can do um, and some other things that you can implement within your school. And then December, we're going to kind of kick off Jump Rope for Heart and Hoops for Heart. And um, I know that Heart Month is in February, but we're going to make sure we can help people begin to continue to plan for those Jump Rope for Heart and Hoops for Heart events. So cool stuff kind of coming up and uh, webinars for Shape America coming up. Uh, let's have fun in health class today. It's running on October 11th from 3 o'clock to 4 o'clock Eastern. And again, it's free if you are a Shape America member. Uh, Melanie Lynch will be there. and She's going to be talking about interactive skills-based health education, um, you know, and how you can make it a fun and very effective health class. So, um, Obviously, Melanie's been on this podcast quite a few times, and you've heard some things from her, but that will be a fantastic webinar coming up soon. Don't forget to go to Shape America online or shapeamerica.org and check out the online institute. Again, there's lots of great PD there for members. That's uh, some free, some costs, but there's a lot of really cool programs that they have set up right now. And again, you want to check it out to see if you can learn more really from the comfort of your own home. Um, and we'll close this out here with a Shape Nashville, March 20th through 24th. Sounds like a really long time away, but uh, now's that time of the year where, you know, you start making your plans for this amazing event. And um, and if you need some help making those plans or talking to your administration or anything else, you know, check out the Justification Toolbox online. They've got resources there to um, to help you approach administrators and uh, superintendents and, and things like that. So you can get some time off and, um, and you know, they've got resources there for you. So it's a, it's a good way to kind of help you plan your time uh, away from school. And it's definitely uh, one of the best learning experiences you could ever do as a health and physical educator. So check out shape Na Nashville, uh, consider going, uh, because trust me, it's going to be a really, really fun time um, and a great experience for everyone. So, with that being said, uh, we're officially calling it. This is the end of the Shape America podcast. And again, thank you for tuning in. And until next time, uh, we're signing off.